Welcome to the Stalk Animatics Podcast with your hosts, Donnie and Rob. We're here to help you thrive in a world of big data and complex analytics. To mask or not to mask? That is the question I ask of thee. A famous Shakespeare quote with a few words changed, but masking certainly has been a big part of the conversation and debate over the past 9 to 12 months. And so we're going to weigh into that conversation. We're going to use it as a platform to actually talk a lot about some of the principles that undergird science. We're going to talk about some of the psychology, as well as the reasons why people are struggling, I think, a lot with uh, the conversation about mask. And it is such a, a rich area of conversation that this is going to be a multi-part uh, podcast. So on today's episode, uh, my co-host extraordinaire, Rob, is going to read a meme that he's come across that's been passed around quite a bit. We're going to use that, talk about why people are passing it around, and then talk specifically about um, why some of the messaging around masking shifted, uh, particularly as it relates to the beginning of the pandemic uh, versus now. So Set back, relax. I hope you enjoy it. And we look forward to this conversation about whether to mask or not to mask. Welcome back to the show, Rob. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Rob, we're going to enter into the conversation about mask. And I know there's been no shortage of conversation about mask on social media, pros, cons, belief, disbelief, all kinds of things. But I think amongst all the millions of memes, you've been able to find one that you think is a good platform for us to talk about and think about the analytics around maths. Oh, well, there are millions, but I found one that I think might be appropriate. So it's just a meme. There are no pictures, but the meme, it just has a bunch of words. I'll read it to you now. It says, think, if the masks work, why the six feet? If the six feet work, why the masks? If both work, why the lockdown? If all three work, why the vaccine? If the vaccine is safe, why the no liability clause? Rob, that is such a good meme. There's so many concepts and ideas and notions wrapped up in that one single meme. So uh, why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll talk about um, why it is that people might be passing this meme around. <laughs> All right, Rob. So uh, the meme that you're talking about is being passed around, right? People are passing this around from person to person to person. And generally speaking, people don't pass around memes that they don't think has some truth or doesn't somehow speak to them or uh, somehow represent their beliefs. So why do you think people are passing this meme around? Well, I think there's a, a number of reasons. I think in the beginning we were talking, we heard a lot that masks didn't work and there, there was no evidence that they worked. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with what side you're on. Like you just 
want to be on the winning team. And this country is so divided and there's so much us against them that you're going to pass this along to the us, to your friends. Uh, I think there is pandemic fatigue. A lot of people have just had it. They don't want any more lockdowns. Um, and the other thing might be personal freedom. I think a lot of people, um, you're hearing a lot about, you know, I'm not going to let the government tell me what to do. Then there's, you know, there's a certain fear of government. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of little reasons. And, it, you know, it, it could, it could hit someone for one of those reasons, you know, many of those reasons. I think there's, a, I think there's a lot that goes into it. Certainly was, you know, a set of potentially confusing messages that came out early on in the pandemic about you don't need masks and then later on you do. And, you know, not in this particular meme, but I do see a lot of memes that sort of point back to that and say, well, they told me, you know, 10 different things, 10 different times. And so I think that is a, um, that's a very legitimate concern and a position that someone um, might take with that. And then the, the second one you said around, you know, like one of the things that baffles me is um, it has taken on kind of this, um, this symbolic meaning for various subgroups of the United States. And so, yeah, the fatigue part, like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly ready for this thing to be over. Are you ready for uh, the pandemic to be done? Oh, long ready. Yeah, I think most people don't think about uh, me as an extrovert, but I really like being around people. And so I'm not very uh, boisterous, but I like to be out amongst people and talking to people and um, just in general being around people. And so um, I really do miss even, you know, going to do work, sitting at a restaurant or a coffee shop and uh, writing or whatever it is that I that I have to do that day. And so uh, I'm looking forward to a day where I can take a mask off, go sit in a coffee shop and uh, and do my work again. Uh, but the other thing is uh, this general distrust of government, right? So there, you know, it's not without um, reason. I mean, the government certainly has done things over time, particularly things like the Tuskegee experiments where they actually allowed folks to have a very dangerous disease and didn't tell them they had it in order to actually test out different um, kinds of treatments. And so, um, you know, science and government have done bad things. In North Carolina, uh, there was an example of uh, the sort of eugenics kind of program where they actually sterilize people uh, without their knowledge. So, um, you know, it is not a situation where um, it's an irrational thought that the government and or science are not necessarily working your, in your best interest. And I can empathize with that. I can empathize particularly with people who saw populations were affected by those things. So there are, um, you know, clearly reasons why people pass this meme around. Like people wouldn't pass it around unless it meant something to them or it resonated with them in some way. And so, um, you know, I think as we've talked about, there are lots of different reasons why someone might choose to forward this meme. But it also is an opportunity, I think, to think about um, some of the rationale behind um, the meme. And specifically, I think a good place to start is what does it mean for an intervention to work? One of the premises of the meme is that if any one of these things worked, if vaccines worked or if masking worked or social distancing worked, we wouldn't need the other interventions. And so I think a great place to start is what does it mean for an intervention to work? Okay, Rob, uh, like we talked about, there's a lot of reasons why this particular meme might have a, a lot of appeal, um, but it brings up a lot of questions, a lot of questions in terms of, you know, what is the meme actually saying? What does it mean? Um, and how do we think about interpreting that meme? So uh, what is one of the first questions we need to answer? 
Well, the first one was whether masks work or not. Um, early on in the pandemic, uh, I think there was a lot of confusion. Uh, I think I even remember seeing the Surgeon General say, don't wear them. Um, it, I think the, the first message was they don't help. And then the next message was they do. So I think, I think that, you know, that first message sticks in your mind. And I think the confusion has stuck in a lot of people's minds. So I think the, the first thing is that whether they work or not is still, uh, I think a lot of people still debate that. But I think there's two things we have to think about. One, we have to think about what does it mean to actually work in this context? You know, as human beings, we like to think in binaries. We like to think it's good, it's bad, it works, it doesn't work. But the reality is most interventions, most medical interventions, and also just in general, most interventions um, sort of across human behavior or across, um, you know, the way that our body interacts with the world. So whether it's nutrition, uh, whether it's fitness, whether it's medicine, whether it's social sciences, training, any of those kinds of things. Um, Working doesn't mean that it's 100% effective. What it means is that it increases the probability or decreases the probability of some outcome. And, you know, the easiest way I think to think about this is uh, when you think about nutrition, like clearly we can all point to people who um, are 105 years old, who smoked their entire lives, drank their entire lives, ate all kinds of bad food um, their entire lives, but they lived to be 105. And on the other side of the spectrum, there are people who, you know, ran marathons and ate nothing but rabbit food their entire lives and they end up having a heart attack at, uh, you know, at 35 years old. And so right. uh, as it increases or decreases your probability of actually some event taking place. And so, you know, the core notion of the meme is that if masks were effective, you wouldn't need something else. Well, uh, the reality is, is if uh, a mask is effective in reducing the probability, um, but social distancing is also effective in reducing the probability, then if you both wear a mask and you also social distance, you get the benefit of both of those interventions. And those interventions are independent, so you actually get the combined benefit of both of those. So for example, if you're in a situation where social distancing reduce your probability of getting the disease by um, 50%, and then uh, wearing a mask also reduces it by 50%, um, then your combined reduction in risk or probability of getting the disease would be 75%, which is a, you know, a much higher reduction than either one of the actual interventions independently, which is why, um, you know, none of these things are 100% effective. And I want to be clear about that. Masks are not 100% effective. Social distancing, for that matter, is not 100% effective, but they do decrease your probability. And so we don't substitute one for the other. We combine them so that we get a bigger impact in terms of our uh, probability of actually reducing uh, the transmission of the disease. And so, um, I think that's point one. Point one, working does not mean 100% effective or 100% not effective. It, if you take a bunch of somewhat effective interventions and assuming their effect is independent of one another and you combine them, then you get the net benefit of all those interventions together. So when you wash your hands and you social distance and you wear a mask, you reduce your probability um, you know, dramatically more than if you did one of those things um, alone. And so... Um, you know, I think at the heart of that meme is this notion that uh, in order to be effective, it has to be at 100%, but that is not true. And the reason we combine those things is because they are effective, but they reduce only a certain uh, a certain amount. And so you have to think about like, what do masks actually do? And they do three things. One, right, they can reduce the probability that someone with the disease actually is able to spread it to someone else. They can reduce the probability that someone who's in the presence of someone with the disease 
actually inhales those droplets of air or those aerosols and gets infected with the disease. And the third thing, which um, I think is way under um, spotlighted in this is masks can actually reduce the amount of the initial viral load you get when you do get the virus. And so, um, you know, what that means is, is if you, um, if you're breathing in droplets of uh, water that are infected with the virus that someone else has expelled, the mask might not block them all, but it might block some of them. And that might mean that the amount of virus you get in your initial load of viral infection called the inoculum is actually lower. And the lower that is, the more effectively your immune system can respond to it. You know, sort of like an invading army. If you have one or two folks coming in the door and you've got 30 people, those 30 people can overwhelm them even if they're, uh, you know, more highly armed. But if you've got 100 people coming in and you've only got 30 folks to defend and the 100 people coming in are more highly armed, then you're not going to be able to stop that invasion. And so um, there's all three of those things. And when we think about how masks work, and whether we should actually use a mask, we have to think about all three of those benefits. Again, benefit number one is it can reduce the amount of um, sort of water droplets that you expel into the world that are infected with the virus if you happen to have COVID-19. It can reduce the number of droplets that you inhale that are infected with the virus. And because it does both of those things, even if you do get the virus, it can reduce the amount of the initial viral load that you have with the disease, and um, that can reduce the severity of the disease. And so uh, none of that means that masks are independently 100% effective. Masks are not going to keep you from getting COVID-19. They're going to reduce your probability of giving, getting COVID-19, particularly as the amount of masking in a community increases. The more people that mask and the more often that people wear a mask, the more it's going to impact the probability that the disease is spread from person to person. And so um, it is an intervention that works in a sense that it reduces your probability of getting the disease or transmitting the disease or even the amount of viral load that you might get, but it does not prevent you from getting the disease or prevent you from spreading the disease. And that is why we combine it with other interventions. So if you take interventions that are not 100% effective and you put them together, Instead of just getting the benefit in terms of uh, reduction of one of those interventions, you get the net benefit of all of those things and how they're actually working together. So if you wash your hands and you social distance and you wear a mask and you get a vaccine, independently, none of those are 100% effective. Put together, you get the net benefit of each one of those. It's a multiplicative effect. And so... Um, you dramatically reduce your overall probability by combining those interventions. It becomes a course of interventions as opposed to a single intervention. And so the meme itself, I think, is predicated on the notion that if it was effective, you wouldn't need the other interventions. Uh, the reality is in most interventions, when it comes to humans and their interaction with the world, most interventions are not 100% effective. They reduce or I increase probabilities of certain outcomes. And so when we think about combining those treatments, what we're basically saying is we want to take advantage of the net benefit of combining those things, which are not 100% effective, but which together have a dramatic, dramatic impact on how much of the virus has spread from person to person in our community.
All right, Rob. So we've talked a little bit about what it means for an intervention to actually work. But I think you're right when we talked about this early on um, that a lot of people still are suspicious or concerned that masks don't really work. And part of that is, I think, driven by some of the early messaging, which you actually mentioned as well. Well, I think you're right. I think it has to strike a chord on some level. And I think uh, the the bits of truth are there. And I think uh, early on, a lot of people were saying that masks didn't work. So I think that's that's one of the statements there. Um, so early on, it was clear that there was some messaging uh, made by public health officials that said masking was uh, unnecessary in the case of this virus. And then uh, there was sort of an abrupt shift. And if you think about the messaging over the past half, three quarters of the pandemic so far, clearly there's an emphasis on the need for masking. And so I think we have to talk about like why some of those uh, messages actually changed. And there are, I think, two big reasons why there are sort of logical explanations in terms of the changing messaging. So the first is uh, really thinking about what it means to work again. So when we talked about what it means to work, we said that these interventions reduce your probability or your relative probability or your relative risk. And so what that means is, um, you know, if a mask reduces your probability of getting the disease by 50%, that is relative to some baseline expectation that you might get the disease. And that's important because early on in the pandemic, there was very little community spread. And there's very little community spread. As you go about your business from day to day, um, there's a very low chance that you will actually experience or interact with people who have uh, the disease. And so, therefore, there's a low probability that you will catch the disease. So because all of these interventions reduce your relative risk, if, for example, going across uh, your day-to-day activities in the course of a month, you have, uh, let's say, a half a percent chance of actually catching the disease. Well, if an intervention reduces that chance by 50%, it goes from 0.5% or half a percent chance of getting the disease down to a 0.25% chance of getting the disease. And so that is a very small decrease in the absolute probability that you get the disease even though the mask is, uh, or whatever intervention it is, is being highly effective. Um, Conversely, when you get to a scenario where you have high amounts of community spread, let's say your probability of uh, contracting the disease goes up to 50%. Well, if a mask is still reducing your probability of getting the disease by 50%, that means your absolute probability goes from 0.5 to 0.25, or you have a 25% chance of getting the disease. And so in that case, um, the absolute reduction in the probability you get the disease is 25%. So over the course of the month, if you employ that intervention, then you have, um, you know, your your probability of getting the disease goes from 0.5 to 0.25. And so that is a big absolute reduction in the probability you get the disease. Whereas if there is a small amount of community spread, the absolute reduction is going to be much smaller. So in both cases, the mask is working equally well, but contextually, depending on the amount of community spread, the absolute impact and the probability that someone gets the disease over the course of the month will change depending on how much community spread there actually is. And so um, that is part of it. Early on, there wasn't so much community spread. Um, The second part of it is a a little more difficult to deal with. And so um, in the second part, uh, we actually uh, were experiencing a new virus, right? So this is not a virus in the human population that we had ever experienced as a society before. 
And the challenge that creates is you don't know for sure how this virus is going to interact with people, how it's going to be spread, you know, how uh, contagious it's going to be, any of those kinds of pieces of information. All you can do in that situation is you can look for analogs. You can look for similar viruses that are respiratory in nature, how they spread, what you expect to happen. And I think most folks early on assumed that most of the spread would occur when people were symptomatic. And if that is the case, then the primary way you would decide to um, sort of stop the spread of the infection is to identify people who have symptoms early on and then isolate them from the rest of the population. And that's why you saw a lot of attempts to do temperature screening and that kind of thing and why that's been highly effective in a lot of other situations where there were uh, the potential for viral spread. The problem is, is that even though that was the assumption, um, what we quickly found out is that the virus does spread um, from asymptomatic people, meaning people who don't have any symptoms of the disease. And there's inside of that two populations. Population number one are people who are never going to develop symptoms. So their immune system has been effective enough that they're infected with the virus, but it's not going to translate into a symptomatic case of the disease. Um, and but there's also another population, and these are people who are infected and are going to develop the disease but are not yet showing symptoms. And it turns out, unfortunately, that a day or two before symptoms develop appears to be when people are, are most contagious. And so um, that changes dramatically the way you think about containing the spread of the virus because you can no longer identify and isolate people who are uh, symptomatic you now have to either A, test every single person or basically make the assumption that anybody could be infected and you want to um, utilize interventions that are actually going to reduce the probability that it spreads to someone else. And so in both of those cases, um, even though the intervention uh, works exactly the same, your choice of whether or not to implement it or whether that's actually the right decision is actually wholly contingent upon the contextual factors of how much spread there is of the virus, uh, but then also contingent on whether asymptomatic people can spread the virus or not. When they say masks don't work, that's not what they were saying early on. They weren't saying that they didn't work. They were saying that they weren't necessary based on the way they were looking at previous diseases. Not that they don't work, but they were you don't really need to wear them. Right. That was certainly a big part of it, and I, I think an important part. Like the, the, the fundamental thing I think we have to realize is that we want science to evolve, right? We don't want science to be overly stubborn. We, we, we you know, there's sort of a balance. We don't want to go back and forth from day to day based on any single study, but at the same time, as the evidence mounts, as we have a better understanding of either the context of a problem or just the dynamics of how a particular problem works, is we want to be able to update recommendations to take advantage of that new information. Now, all that said, I do think there were some major challenges in the way that the messaging was handled. Clearly, um, all of this became very political as, as a general statement, but then specifically even around this, um, I think there could have been more clarity, which is uh, right now we don't believe there's any asymptomatic spread early on. Therefore, um, we believe the, the, the best way to um, prevent this disease from spreading is to isolate those who have symptoms. However, we're going to continue to look at the information and make sure that we update those recommendations based on anything else that we discover. Now, you know, something like that, something that was clear and transparent. 
And then I think also, um, you know, there was a concern that there would be uh, a run on sort of N95 mask and highly uh, effective masking. And I, I think you just have to be clear and transparent with the American people and ask people to just uh, do the right thing in that situation as opposed to maybe withholding um, any information. So uh, I think there were clearly opportunities to have better messaging, but I think the important thing is is there are logical, reasonable explanations as to why uh, we want science to update its recommendations based on the most uh, recent and most uh, robust set of information that's available at any given point in time. All right, Rob, I want to thank you again for finding that meme. I think it's a great um, facilitator of conversations about analytics, about science. Um, and as we get in more to it, it'll be uh, even a fascinating conversation, I think, about the psychology of it. Um, the thing I find most helpful is to really just take a step back and try to perspective take, try to think about people who have a different perspective, those who may be wary of what masks actually are or confused about the messaging or suspicious about the evidence. Um, to really sort of take a step back and think about, like, what is it about uh, masking and all the information being passed around that is resonating with folks who have that perspective? You know, it's a little bit like uh, me growing up in North Carolina, being a North Carolina State fan. It's a little bit like trying to think about my life uh, as someone who's a Carolina fan. Yeah, thanks for having me, Donnie. And as far as perspective taking goes, I have found a beautiful Carolina blue Tar Heels jersey. Uh-oh. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to get it in your size and so that you can wear it so you can show the listeners what perspective taking is all about. You can be the first. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm going to no, do that no, for you. I, I appreciate it. I, I prefer to actually give advice and as opposed walk to the actually walk, man. Walk living the it out. Walk. No, no, no. Not when it, I would tell you, you can get me a Carolina hat, but you know the problem? My head is so big that there's no hat that actually fits. And I'm not even joking. Like I cannot find a hat that fits. So whatever Carolina hat you give me, I will take, but I will not be able to wear it. So then I'm going to get you a Tar Heel mask. You're going to have to wear the Tar Heel mask in public. Oh yeah, and walk oh, yeah. along. How about and that? I'll cover it with an NC State one, so we'll, <laughs> we'll be in good shape. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate it. And next week we're going to come back and we're going to continue talking about this meme. We're going to talk more specifically about what is the evidence. Like, how do we know that masks actually work? What's the evidence for social distancing? And so we'll dive a little bit into the specifics of. Uh, what we know, what we do not know about how these things actually work, how effective they actually are. And then um, the following week, actually, this will be a three-part series. The following week, we'll then talk about, well, how do you sort of wrap all that up? Like, how do you weigh out the different concerns? How do you weigh out the evidence? And how um, how do we think about whether uh, masking is an appropriate intervention, whether uh, social distancing is an appropriate intervention, and how we think about making some of those trade-offs? So uh, looking forward to it. Again, Rob, thanks again for being here today. We hope everybody has a great week. If you want to get in contact with us, it's animythics at gmail.com. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you again next week. It's like food for your ears. <laughs>